How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. All right, and this is Chomping at the Bit. This is episode 19. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, so this episode, we're going to talk about Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Uh, if you didn't watch the game, the Heat ended up winning 115 uh, to 104 of the Lakers. The series is now 2-1. to one. Uh, You know, it was a game that Miami had to have. They came out strong in the beginning. Lakers start off a little sluggish. And by the time the Lakers kind of got a rhythm going, they weren't ever really able to, you know, take the lead away from Miami. So Miami gets the big game three win. So now they can look ahead to game four, which will be Tuesday night, nine o'clock. So now game four becomes the most important game of the series as, you know, the Lakers win it. They can go up 3-1. Then the pressure's kind of off of them. But if the Heat were able to win game four, one, that'd be their second in a row. But you'd have an even series at two to two. And then at that point, it's the best two out of three. But before we look ahead to game four, really, take a look back at game three, see what happened. So the first thing was, you know, AD, Anthony Davis. He started off really slow. He was in foul trouble, could never really find a rhythm. So by game's end, he only took nine shots. He did end up with 15 points, five rebounds. But remember, game two, he had like 35. So 15 is a far cry from that. But if you watch the game, you can tell that he, he was never really a major factor which was a big help for Miami to end up pulling the game out. LeBron, he had 25 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. He was 1 of 5 from 3. So, you know, they did force him to take 5 three-pointers, which, you know, is not his strong suit. And if you look at his uh, shooting chart, inside the three-point arc, he was... Eight, eight out of eleven. So, so they did make the adjustments. They forced him to the perimeter. I mean, some of those threes he did take when the Lakers were down late and they needed, you know, they needed points to shoot themselves back in the game. He just didn't make them. So, so you know, if I if you remember what I said after Game Two, I said that Miami can't have. AD and LeBron go for 30 plus they had to decide between one of them that they'd have to you know take them out of the game so luckily because Anthony Davis had foul trouble he wasn't really a major factor in this game 
So it did help Miami's, I guess, defense a little better to keep him down because he he didn't play that many minutes in the first half because he got his third foul. Uh, I think it was midway, like mid midway through the second quarter. So he sat for the rest of the first half. Now he did go through the second half with only one more foul, but he didn't really catch a rhythm until like early in the fourth quarter where he started making a couple of mid-range jump shots, but. But it did pretty well on him. I mean, LeBron got 25, which I said if Miami can keep LeBron to the 20, 25 point area, then no matter if AD goes for you know 25, 30, I think they'll take that as long as they don't let those other players around them go off. You know, like uh, Rondo or Markeith Morris, Kyle Kuzma, KCP. As long as they can, you know, contain those guys, if they let AD go off, as long as they keep LeBron somewhat to his average, like 25, they, they should be fine going into game four. But then looking on the Heat side, so I did, I have talked about Jimmy Butler a couple of times on the podcast where when the playoffs first started, I said he was a guy who, you know, if he could perform well enough, might be a guy who would jump up player rankings in terms of players uh, today. And then I've also said uh, a couple episodes ago where Butler kind of wasn't that impressive this playoffs. Well, game two, he showed out because, you know, he messed around, had a triple-double. He had 40 points, 11 rebounds, 13 assists. He was 14 of 20 from the field. He made 12 of 14 free throws. So he was completely unstoppable. The Lakers, like I said, didn't have an answer for him. I mean, anytime you drop 40, I mean, you you in the zone at that point. But what, what he did do in this game was as soon as, you know, they had the jump ball, first quarter he started to make his moves that was kind of the thing I would get on Butler about was he seemed to wait kind of until the second half maybe in the fourth quarter before he really started looking for his offense and yes it did work against other teams but I feel like for the heat to have a chance to you know get back in the series and then try to pull off the upset Butler needs to like come out of the gate, get into the hoop. Um, I mean, he doesn't take a lot of three-point shots. He usually saves those for the fourth quarter because he's not a great three-point shooter. But he is, you know, pretty good from the mid-range. Around the rim, he's a great finisher. So in game four, he definitely needs to come out with that same energy and take it to the Lakers. Uh, Let's see. So another point was that I made after the game two was that Robinson and Hero needed to step up. So in game two, they shot three of 10 from three. Game three, the percentage still wasn't there. They did make a couple more. They shot five of 17 from three. That's still way below their season averages. But they were plus 28 on the court. So quick little, I guess, teaching moment. 
uh, in the NBA or other sports, they do plus minus as well. But it's a like advanced statistic to show kind of your impact on the floor. So if you have a plus rating, that means while you were out on the floor, your team outscored the opposition by so-and-so points. So for them, they were plus 28, which, you know, bring it full circle. Two of them on the court, the Heat outscored the Lakers by 28 points, which is good. But I still need them to get their three-point shot going because if they can get their three going, then that takes the pressure off Butler to where he doesn't have to do another, you know, 40-point triple-double. Because you don't get those a lot in the playoffs or even in the regular season. So, you know, in game four, if Butler can come down from 40 points to, let's say, 30 points, and then maybe you get a few more threes out of Robinson and Hero, I think they'll be fine. Because also with them hitting knocking down threes, that opens up the lane for Butler to get to the hoop, which is all he wants to do. So, I mean, we know that Miami has their injury issues. Bam Adebayo's been out the past couple of games. Dragic has been out. Seems like Dragic isn't coming back. Adebayo, they keep making it seem like Adebayo may come back at some point. Maybe it's game four. He still has that neck strain or shoulder. His neck shoulder area. But they did get a uh, big contribution off the bench from Kelly Olynyk. You know, he gave them 17 points. He gave them seven rebounds. That's Those are big numbers coming off the bench. You know, he was hitting. He hit a couple of threes for them. He was around the rim. Uh, he drove to the hoop a few times. And, of course, you know, he, he does have size, so he does help them rebounding-wise. Like, he isn't the most physical player, but... You know, he will rebound in his area. So once again, the Heat will be looking for, you know, contribution from him. Because, you know, he showed in game two that put him out there. He can find the right matchups. He'll take advantage around the hoop. Like, if you look at him, he's kind of an awkward player to watch on offense. Because, you know, the knock coming out of college was for his height. He actually has short arms. So, you know, a lot of the analysts thought him having short arms would probably uh, become a defensive liability. He may not rebound as well as he should, which he doesn't. But at least in game two, I mean, game three, sorry, he was a big help for the Heat. And it seems like they've kind of found a little winning formula with Butler Linux out there together so that's something to watch for in game four and with a Linux presence you know and Butler getting to the hoop the Heat ended up dominating the Lakers with points in the paint uh, 52 to 34 which coming into this series you would think the Lakers would have the advantage having Anthony Davis who you know is really good around the rim you have LeBron, who's a great finisher. You have Rondo, who can get into the paint, get to the rim as well. But this game, like I said with uh, LeBron's stat line, he shot five three-pointers. He only made one, so they kept him away from the hoop. 
AD with his foul trouble didn't really wasn't really that big of a factor most of the game down low so the Heat were able to take advantage get to the hoop get to the free throw line and when the Heat can get points like that it helps them so much because you know the Heat do play you know a very good defense but it's always easier to play defense after scoring a basket because once you score you know you can get down on defensive end get your defense set and that's you know a little bit of trouble for the Lakers as the Lakers transition offense is much better than their half court offense now, another thing that the Heat did do like I said with getting to the hoop and scoring getting their defense set they forced 20 turnovers of the Lakers which I mean 20 is a big number they capitalized on those turnovers as well because they turned those 20 turnovers into uh, like 23 points so anytime you can get easy baskets off turnovers that's a definite big help and for Miami you know being the smaller team with several lineup iterations on the court the easiest way for them to score is force you know get their hand in a passing lane force a steal get a deflection head the other end before you know LeBron and AD can settle around the hoop so with that I'm mean, going you know, a little recap of game three you're gonna look ahead to game four like I said it's Tuesday night biggest thing uh, going into game four I'm gonna give you my three keys for each team so we'll start with the Lakers so game four they have to look to get Anthony Davis going early like don't you know don't let foul trouble be what keeps him out for the first half and knocks his rhythm off I'm expecting them like as soon as they get their first offensive possession throw it down low to Anthony Davis let him get to work make sure he's in rhythm especially with Anthony Davis it looks like you know when his offense is going he's in that rhythm he starts you know playing with a little attitude and then that helps him defensively so look for them to try to get AD easy baskets early on in game 4 uh, also from game 4 they're going to need Rondo to be playoff Rondo he wasn't really playoff Rondo in game three. Now, for those of you who haven't followed Rondo's career, you know, he's he was a you know great player with the Celtics. Then each stop after that, he's been kind of like an average backup point guard. But when he gets to the playoffs, he tends to like ball out. He'll get triple doubles. He just looks like a different player. Like he's built for the bright lights. So one factor that did lead to uh, the Lakers not performing well in game three was the fact that Rondo only gave them four points and eight rebounds. Now, the eight rebound part, fine with. But for Rondo to really have any worth out on the court, he's got to give them more than four points. Because especially with Dragic out, uh, they had like Kendrick Nunn guarding him for, um, I think Jay Crowder guarded him a little bit. 
But Rondo's biggest asset to the Lakers is his ability to get to the rim and either finish at the rim or have the defense suck in on him and then he can kick it out to their perimeter guys who can then, you know, drive to the hoop while the defense is trying to reset. Or if he can kick it out to like a Danny Green KCP, they can usually get a wide open corner three. And then key number three. So in game three, Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma and Markeith Morris both scored uh, 17 points each. And that's great production off the bench because the Lakers at times during the during these playoffs, it's been, you know, AD and LeBron carrying the uh, you know biggest load. And then offensively, they're just searching to get a guy or two to score in double figures. So in this game, it was Kuzma and Morris. Now, Kuzma is one of the younger players on the team. He's seen as one of the, you know, more athletic guys on the team. But he struggled a little bit in these finals. So seeing him get 17 in game three, you know, does give the Lakers a little bit of hope that maybe he's working himself out of his little slump and you know he's a guy that they're gonna look to like he's supposed to be the third scorer on this team let's be honest here but for the most part in the finals that the third scorer has been like actually Rondo so if Kuzma can be the third option then that makes Rondo's job as like the fourth you know leading scorer or whatever on the team easier Bumble and Bumble Seaweed's invigorating shower ritual feels like an escape. Start with nutrient-infused shampoo and conditioner. The formula infused with royal sugar kelp, green microalgae, and Pacific sea kelp helps keep your scalp hydrated. Then open your jar of seaweed whipped scalp scrub. To add two times more shine to your hair instantly. And before you head out, use seaweed air dry cream to give your hair that effortless beach look. Make your shower feel like an oasis with the Bumble and Bumble Seaweed Collection. Dive in now at bumbleandbumble.com. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. For him, not as much pressure. Morris is a guy they brought in midseason, and his the main reason they brought him was for playoff series like this, where Morris is a guy who can shoot from the outside. If he's if he's on, he can make a, make a couple of threes for you. Now, when his shot is off, he'll brick some threes, and then it's like you can't be on the court. So that's something else to look forward to in game four is, you know, can Kuzma and Morris continue 
their production from game three. So now, taking it to the Heat side, the three keys for them. I mean, I've said this, I think, for each game now, but I'm going to keep saying it. Hero and Robinson need to shoot better from the outside. Because luckily, they were able to get the win in game three with them still not shooting well from three. But you know at some point, either Hero or Robinson or, I guess, Doomsday scenario for the Lakers... Hero and Robinson are both going to go off in one of these games. It's bound to happen. They've done it, you know, all year. They've done it a few times in the playoffs. So I'm expecting that one of these games. If it does come in game four, Miami will be much better off for it. Uh, I kind of hit on their second key a little earlier. But yeah, Butler has to be aggressive from the jump again so he has to carry over game three mentality into game four now it shouldn't be that much of an issue because at the end of game three he let it be known he was telling the lakers that they're in trouble so if you're gonna make a statement like that you got to back it up in game four and give him buckets i'm not saying he has to do 40 again but he's got to do 30 points for the Heat to have a chance. And then third key. This one is a little bit uh, like contingent on the injury issues. But if Bam Adebayo is still out, then Olenek's going to get plenty of opportunities to, you know, play some meaningful minutes. And... This leads into the key being if Bam is out, then Olenek has to give them double figures for sure. If he can duplicate game three performance with 17.7 rebounds, Miami will be much appreciative because he's a guy who can shoot from the outside. He's He's also crafty around the rim. So if Butler starts getting all the attention defensively from the Lakers he's going to need guys to kick it to that can create some type of shot for themselves and Olenek is that type he can catch and shoot from the corner and the wing on the three he can also catch you know up fake methodically get to the hoop Uh, and like I said around the rim he has a lot of shot fakes He'll do like a little quick half hook or a little floater in the lane. So he's a creative scorer around the rim. But that's, you know, only if he's on and he's got everything going. So, you know, because you know with this game, after Butler went for 40, the Lakers are going to really key in on him. Now, what that means, I don't know exactly. I don't know if, you know, they put... LeBron on him to start off with for LeBron to hopefully try to I guess you know defend him with some physical play to maybe tire him tire him out or maybe they put like an AD on him to sag off a little bit since AD has a height advantage on him to force him to shoot from the outside or to just give the ball up and stay out of the play so so at this point, you know, 
momentum has definitely shifted a little bit because after the first two games when the Lakers looked as well as they did, a lot of people were looking at possible sweep or gentleman's sweep, which means you just win four to one. And now with the Heat winning game three the way that they did, this the series outlook is a little different. Because now it's gone from can the Heat win a game to the fact of can the Heat actually, you know, come back from down 2-0 and get the series tied at two? And then, like I said in the beginning, from that point, if you get to 2-2, it's best two out of three. So you know you're going at least six. And whichever team's down going into game six, you win game six. And I've said a couple times these playoffs, game seven, anything goes, anything can happen. So as a team that's down, if you see game seven, it gives you a lot of hope for the, for winning the series. Now going into game four, the Heat are still the underdog. Because like I said, most people think the Lakers are still going to win it in five or six. I know I said six before the series started. But, you know, if Miami does get game four, a lot of people might start looking at maybe the Heat in seven. I feel like Heat in six would be difficult for them to you know, run off four in a row might be asking much. But if you, if I mean, if you want to make the argument that the Heat could win in seven, I think you have a valid argument at that point. So those are the three keys for game four. And I guess a side note to that. I do want to see how the Lakers make the adjustment to Jimmy Butler. Because they can't have Butler get 40 again. And at the end of game three, you could tell that Butler was really starting to get some swagger on the court. Where Because Butler definitely feels like with the Heat winning game three, that they can go on and win this series. And what we've seen with the Heat is Butler is their unquestioned leader. You know, all those guys fall in line with him. So, if he has that on the court, that, you know, mentality of we got this, then that's only going to, you know, slide down to every other guy on that bench. And, you know, a confident underdog is a dangerous thing for a heavy favorite in a series. Because the underdog is, you know, most times the underdog plays like, you know, the term is house money, meaning without real pressure. So with each game that the Heat are able to win, I mean, they still won't really have any pressure on them as the underdog, but the pressure will slowly start to grow on the Lakers. So I'm sure Vogel has spent the past couple of days trying to come up with a defensive plan for Jimmy Butler interested to see what he comes up with okay so I gave you the game 3 recap we looked ahead to game 4 I mean just quickly from you know my analysis or whatever part of me is thinking that the Heat could win game 4 
but I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised the Lakers did. I think the key though to look out for is if the Heat hang around in this game, meaning that you know the Lakers, like I said, get AD going early. If they don't like completely take off and you know get a big lead on Miami, I think if Miami can stay in the game towards like halfway into the fourth quarter, they've shown that they're a good closing team. And, you know, that may work in their favor. Because the one thing is, late in the game, you know, defense is a little tired. You know, if you're if you're focused enough, you might be able to get to the hoop easier. And that plays right into Butler's hand. So that's one thing to watch for. If you see halfway through the fourth quarter, the game is tight. Just know that the Heat may have the better chance of pulling out a game late. So so I'm ready for game four. You know, after the first two games, I was kind of looking to, you know, bail on the series. Of course, I was going to watch each game, you know, for the podcast episodes. But now after seeing game three, seeing Butler's demeanor change, I do have to say another side note. I kind of love the fact that he was saying they're in trouble. I like that because anybody who's played basketball, whether it's on a team, backyard, you know, street ball, whatever, trash talking on the court there's just something about it that can definitely change the attitude of a series so expect game four to you know to be a lot of jawing between both teams and I love watching that because it adds another element to the game so definitely want to see that because you know Butler's going to keep talking he's already started talking so that's going to continue. LeBron is the type to talk on the Lakers. They also have Morris, who's a big trash talker, but that's just how the Morris twins are. So, you know, game four could definitely get chippy as well. You know, some late hits uh, after the whistle, you know, slapping down at the ball just to annoy people. So I expected to get a little bit physical and you know, it might be a little scuffle, not a fight or anything, but, you know, a couple of guys coming together, jawing, refs having to separate them. I'm expecting that. But, okay, so in the last episode, I did say that I was going to touch on, you know, the ratings. Because especially game one, they said the game one ratings for this series were, I think, the lowest for air, for uh, NBA Finals in some time. I believe Game 2's ratings were down from last year as well. And I think Game 3 also was lower than last year. But I think the factors to that are widespread. There's several factors to it. Because I was on social media. There were some people who, you know, trying to be reckless with their view on that. You know, some people were saying it's the whole... I'm sure a lot of you heard this already, but, you know, uh, because the players are 
bringing politics into my sport. I don't want to watch it. Which, I mean, if that's your reason for not watching, then the sport will go on without you. I mean, if you, get, if you have a point with athletes trying to view their, voice their opinion, then that says more about you than the sport. So, those people can do without them. I just think the viewership is down because, you know, you have one, people went three months without sports. They probably latched on to other things, maybe haven't come back yet. Two, with that break, you also have a bunch of sports going at the same time. So, yes, you have basketball playoffs, but you also have baseball playoffs. And up until... But late last week, you had hockey playoffs going. You still have MLS going. You have WNBA. I mean, yes, the WNBA's viewership is lower than NBA, but just to say, there's just different programming out there. But with the other major sports, those are markets where, like if I have a baseball team that's still going in the playoffs, like let's say the Yankees, so if I'm a Yankee fan in New York, I'm probably more inclined to watch the Yankee playoff game over a Heat-Lakers finals. So it's not to say that the NBA product is struggling or anything. It's just normally the finals are played in June. The only sport going at that point is, I think, baseball. But they're in the middle of their season. So, of course, viewership is usually up for the finals. And plus, now you have the added aspect of the NFL getting going and the NFL is the most popular sport in America so I think if you take all that throw it in the pot that's where you're getting viewership numbers for the finals well I feel like across all sports viewership is probably down a little bit because people are having to make a choice of what to watch so like I said from the last episode, just want to say that real quick. So, so with that, you know, that pretty much gets you set for game four. And as I said, it's Tuesday night, nine o'clock. You know, I'll be watching and I'll give you a recap on episodes later this week. But I guess to look ahead to tomorrow's episode, uh, I will be going over the week four picks because now with the two Monday night games having finished, I can now do my recap of the full week four of the NFL. So that's the next episode. And with that, go over my picks again, see how I'm doing with those. And because um, like I said, after the first two weeks, which were a little down, I'm picking winners. So should be paying attention if not hey i saw on you <laughs> i'm just joking uh but yeah so thank you for tuning in this is your first episode appreciate you stopping by i uh, hope you would like like the show subscribe follow wherever you're listening uh i'm on many of your podcast platforms uh, but yeah, so definitely do that that way. Whenever I do drop an episode, you'll get a notification of that. 
Also drop a comment, you know, for any topics you want me to touch on or any questions you may have. Because as I said before, I'm also trying to, it's not just hardcore sports fans, but those who may be trying to get into sports as well. So definitely feel free to ask your questions. I mean, easiest places you could do it on Twitter at Chopping Podcast or on the Chop at the Bit Podcast Facebook page. Yeah, those are two easiest ways to reach the show. So with that, thank you for tuning in and be safe out there. And I'll definitely catch you in the next episode. All right. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply.